Hello, and welcome to What Goes Bump in the Night. Hello, and welcome back to What Goes Bump in the Night. This is your host, Trevor Jensen, and not with me tonight is Riley Clark, but we do have another co-host tonight, and Buttons is over there going crazy in his litter box. But who are you? Who are you with? Who am I with? <laughs> oh, I am Jenna. Jenna. <laughs> My lovely fiance. And this is episode 79. Whoop, whoop. Yep. So I was on episode 78, people. I had much to do with working and getting stuff ready for Christmas. So that's that's with the birds now. But don't worry if you hear baby in the background. That's because Violet's with us today as well. And I have fumble, fumble of the mouth. <laughs> when but, don't you? <laughs> yeah, always. All right. So what are we going to talk about tonight, Jenna? Ooh, guys, this is my favorite. And I mean also obsessed with this true crime. Your yes. Problem. We are doing true crime. Because why not? <laughs> why not? But we are talking about Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black Dahlia. Since we just covered the Cecil Hotel not that long ago, and me and Riley did talk about this for a long time, about wanting to dabble into some true crime, but why don't we just go ahead and dive right in? Oh, yes. So that really stinks, but (laughs) (laughs) you stinky cat. Okay, I love you, cat. Okay, so Elizabeth Short, known very well as the black dahlia was an american woman found murdered in lemon park neighborhood of los angeles california before january 15th 1947 her case became highly publicized due to the gruesome nature of the crime which included her corpse having been mutilated and bisected at the wrist or wait sorry i said wrist they also um so i follow a lot of the black dahlia like i've listened to a lot of other people cover the black dahlia and i've also done my own research on the black dahlia and when she was discovered they thought she was a mannequin that was just like mannequins parts were just there yeah wasn't it because a lot of her blood had drained out of her body yeah so the person who murdered her drained all the blood and she literally looked like a mannequin well i mean that's what happens when you get cut up in half at the waist i mean yeah but she also had when they got she was in two parts right like literally two parts yeah and then there was um a smile carved into her face so the person who did it the joker yeah oh so she literally had like i don't know if any of y'all have listened to bring me the horizon but like chelsea smile i don't know if you guys like chelsea grin like like that kind of stuff like yeah so literally that was carved into her face and a mom and a young girl found her oh that's not terrible at all no not at all i mean it's like if you and violet found her (laughs) everyday thing i guess (laughs) so a native of boston short spent her early life in new england and florida before relocating to california where her father lived and the community that short was salmon oh my god i'm having fumble mouth today really really bad it's probably because i took a week off so, it is commonly held that Short was an aspiring actress, though she had known acting credit, or no known acting credits or jobs during her time in Los Angeles. She would acquire the nickname of the Black Dahlia. I don't know what the this next word is. Posthumously? Posthumously. Oh, I have no idea. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> Bear with me, people. As newspapers of the period often nicknamed particularly lurid crimes, the term may have originated from a film, Murder Mystery, The Black Dahlia, released in The 19- Blue Dahlia. Does it say The Blue Dahlia? The Blue Dahlia. Dude, my friggin' mind is not going to work today. Released in 1946 after the discovery of her body, the Los Angeles Police Department began an extensive investigation that produced over 150 suspects but yielded no arrests. Short's unsolved murder and the details surrounding it have had a lasting cultural intrigue, generating various theories and public (laughs) speculation. Jeez, kid. You don't want to watch The Black Dahlia? No. No. Well, go watch Peppa so we can continue this. (laughs) So, um, 
Her life and death have been the basis of numerous books and films, and her murder is frequently cited as one of the most famous and unsolved murders in American history, as well as one of the oldest unsolved cases in Los Angeles. It has likewise been credited by historians as one of the first major crimes post-World War II America that captured the nation. You know what I don't understand, though? What? So many people... Oh, I want to say so many people, but... so sweaty. Sorry. People <laughs> saw Elizabeth Short leave the hotel that the she's Cecil at. The Cecil Hotel? I'm sorry. They, that is a rumor, but I believe that's true. <laughs> I honestly Cecil's don't crazy. remember, but they saw her leave the hotel... And there's been, like, two different occasions where they say, oh, she got into the car with someone, or she turned the corner and then just vanished. Poof. Yeah, literally, like, poof, like, vanished in thin air. Well, let's let's talk about some theories that we have just right off the get-go before we really get into anything else that this, like, information dump has to do. Uh, do you think she was, like, picked off the road? Do you think no. she was, like, somebody she knew? Yep. Who did it? Mm-hmm. Why do you think that? So, back then, I can't remember this doctor's name, but he did um, illegal abortions. So, he was a doctor. She was aborting babies? That's what has been said, that that's how she knew him, was because she had an abortion. And she went to him. So, when she left that hotel that night, uh, they said that she possibly could have saw him. Because the way that she was killed... Only a doctor back then could... I said this to a butcher, like somebody that knows how to like cut flesh. Like if you're cutting up pigs and cows and stuff like that, it would make sense that you could have that type of precision. That is Especially also very if you true. Were fucking crazy. Okay, so that's your theory. My theory is that it could have also been just some like deranged maniac that was very skilled in cutting people up that just decided, hey, look at her. She looks hot. And then just cut her. Elizabeth Short was very attractive. Like, a lot of guys did like her. I, I have one picture in front of me that is a photo of her arrest from her underage drinking stint. <laughs> and, yeah, I wouldn't say she's too bad on the eyes. Not at all. No, she was, like, she's gorgeous. She gorgeous. She gorgeous. Okay. So, let's see. Murder and prior to the murder. On January 9th, 1947, Short returned to her home in Los Angeles after a brief trip to San Diego with Robert Red Manley, a 25-year-old married salesman she had been dating. Wait. She was dating a married man? Shameful. Um, she got around a lot back then. Sounds like it. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm not trying to, like, like blind, benign the dead or whatever. Melanie Stitt, or Mal- Manly, sorry, wow, it's really, really funny that his last name is Manly. <laughs> He's very manly. But he wasn't being very manly with his wife. Oh, two-timing. Manly stated that he dropped Short off at the Biltmore Hotel in downtown Los Angeles, and that Short was to meet her sister, who was visiting from Boston that afternoon. By some accounts, staff of the Biltmore recalled having seen Short using the lobby telephone. Shortly after, she was allegedly seen by patrons of the Crown Grill Cocktail Lounge at 754 South Olive Street, approximately three and a half or three eighths of a mile away from the Biltmore. Uh, the discovery of her body on the morning of January 15th, 1947, only 10 days before my birthday. <laughs> Not 1947, though, but 10 days before my birthday in January. You're a vampire? Yeah. Why am I a vampire? How do we just get to a vampire? Because you look pretty young. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? How? T- I'm just going to go ahead and jump out of this conversation with Black Dye for a minute. What are you talking about? You said that. No, cut that out. No, this is staying. <laughs> I have no idea how you got to me being a vampire, but I said it's 10 days off of my birthday. You just said, yeah, except for not 1947. <laughs> so I like to hear you said, so you're a vampire because I, I don't know, age. man. You don't age. You don't age. You're aging backwards. <laughs> so if you guys could see him Jesus. right in front of me, this man, I took side-by-side pictures of him. He has not aged since high school, and he graduated in what, 2013? Yeah, it's 2012. So he's 26 years old. <laughs> He'll be 27 next month. And this man looks, looks like, like he's 17. Looks like he's about to hit his 20s. Why did I just talk like I'm in third person? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Okay, so on the morning of January 15th, like I said, 
uh, her naked body was found severed into two pieces on a vacant lot of the west side of South Norton Avenue, midway between Coliseum Street and West 39th Street at the in the neighborhood of Lament Park. And to this day, you can actually go to that street. And I don't know if there's a, like a morium or like people leave flowers or whatnot, but I know that there is like it is still like a cul-de-sac that you can go into where she was found and it was like a very rural suburban area where there was a lot of people living at the time so it's very weird that's why it just doesn't make any sense to me that okay so i don't want to cut you off why would they drop her in suburbia right like wouldn't anyone see i I feel like like people would see it's super sketchy like hey I got this dead body in two pieces. I'm just going to plop it on the side of the road. Yeah. And I would assume that it had to have been somewhat of a busy neighborhood because like when I saw pictures and stuff like that, like there's houses like five, yeah. 10 feet away from each other on either side. So it's like, huh, weird. That's why I'm saying it doesn't make any what if sense. What they live in Lament Park, the killer? And then he just like was like, all right, I'm just going to go throw her in the yard. Like some trash. Basically what, she, what happened to her was she was like thrown into the yard like she was trash so i guess you're not wrong but that is also terrible sorry <laughs> it's, it's funny. okay so uh let's see local resident betty bessinger discovered the body at approximately 10 a.m 10 a.m is kind of late right if you ask me for the morning where you find a dead body in the middle of a cul-de-sac like that's a little suspect uh, she was walking with her three-year-old daughter. Yeah, and her three-year-old no. daughter was the one who pointed it out. Oh, God. Initially thinking she had found a discarded store mannequin, when she realized it was a corpse, she rushed to a nearby house and telephoned the police. Short's severely mutilated body was completely severed at the waist, drained of blood, leaving her skin pale white. So that's why you would get the mannequin I like yep. thing out of it. Medical examiners determined that she had been dead for around 10 hours prior to discovery leaving her time of death either sometime during the evening of January 14th or the early morning hours of January 15th, which would make a lot of sense. But I would also think that it takes a while to cut somebody in half and drain their blood. Yeah. So when, I, would okay. th- I would think the night before. So wouldn't like if you hunt a deer and then you get a, you get a deer yeah, if you're like and then you have to hang deer. it to let it drain. You usually do it for a couple of days. Right. So I feel like their timing is off. Uh, n- uh, not necessarily if she was abducted and murdered around that time of the night and then placed there very early morning or even say like 9 a.m. So like it was really, really close to the time she was found. That would make sense. I, I mean, I would think that would make sense. Um, Let's see. Short, severely muti- mutilated body was completely severed at the waist, drained of blood, leaving her skin pale white. Um, Medical examiners, yada, yada, yada. The body had apparently been washed by the killer, which I would also think that mm-hmm. that would point like towards... Like, her hair was washed, everything. Yeah, like, that's where I would point it towards a, a medical... Somebody in the medical field that has better knowledge of that stuff. <laughs> Mine's just a bit violent. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Hey, leave my child alone. He said, play with me. So, let's see. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's kind of entertaining. Short's face had been slashed from the corner of her, of her mouth to her ears like the Joker, you know, creating an effect that known as the glass cow smile. The glass gow, not cow. She had several cuts on her thighs and breasts where entire portions of her flesh had been sliced away. The lower half of her body was positioned a foot away from her upper and the intestines had been tucked neatly beneath her buttocks. Warning. <laughs> yeah, that's a big warning. <laughs> okay, problem averted. <laughs> We're back back on track now that the cat and the kid are stopping. Okay, so we said that the corpse had her intestines tucked underneath her buttocks. If you guys aren't good with gruesome Whoa. details, then this episode is not for I you. I don't want to see pictures of this, like actual staged corpse there is pictures on the internet but they kind of like yeah it's not good so let's see she'd been posed with her hands over her head and her elbows bent at right angles and her legs separated upon the discovery a crowd of passerbyers and reporters began to gather in the los angeles harrow express reported (laughs) (laughs) aggie i think that's how you say her name aggie underwood was among the first to arrive at the scene Kiddo! 
Yes, we hear you. I love you. But uh, was the first ride of the scene and took several photos of the corpse in the crime scene. Near the body, detectives located a heel print on the ground amid the tire tracks and the cement sack containing watery blood was found nearby. What? And a cement sack containing watery blood was found nearby. I didn't know that part. Oh, yeah, I knew about that. Well, what is this cement set? Like, is it a bag of, like, cement that wasn't already, like, set? I honestly don't really know because nobody has really has gone into a lot of detail about it. But with her draining blood, you would think that it would also trail to, like, the placement of the body from the car. if she's right. If she was still draining blood and... Well, was the heel print, like... You know what I mean? Why do they find a heel print in the ground? Like, was she, like, murdered right then and there? And no, then... it was probably from them placing the body. Yeah, but the thing is, like, was it somebody that was helping this murderer then? Most likely. You think it, there was a woman involved with the murderer? Most likely. It maybe. Kind of, it would kind of make maybe sense. Maybe the doctor's wife. Shut up. <laughs> or, or, or. His mistress. His mistress. Mm. Mm. What if it was mainly that was involved with. Some other woman. Who's what if it was actually Manly, though, and him and his, wa- and his like, wife killed her? The wife came and confronted him and saying, look, if you don't get rid of her, I'm going to get rid of her. And something happened, and then they had to get rid of her. <laughs> that It's a very out there theory, but, I mean, it's not totally impossible. I mean, it's still unsolved, so true. throwing my theories out there. Jesus. So, an autopsy of Short's body was performed on January 16, 1947, by Frederick Newbar. The Los Angeles County Coroner, Newbar's autopsy reported that short was five feet five inches so she was kind of short she was my height she weighed 115 pounds not my weight she was skinny as shit <laughs> had light blue eyes brown hair and badly decayed teeth you also <laughs> why did they to... have to whore out that hard right but you also have to remember it was like what the 1940s yeah i when mean this still, happened there was still dental hygiene uh, there Not was, the best. <laughs> there was ligature marks on her ankles, wrists, and neck, and an, igre- in, an irregular laceration with superficial tissue loss on her right breast. Newbar also noted super, superficial lacerations on the right forearm, left upper arm, and the lower left side of the chest. Mm. Mm. Cutting up that meat for later. Please don't. <laughs> the body had been cut completely in half by a technique taught in the 1930s called a hemochoroproctomy. Don't come for us. We're not doctors here. Bro, it is H-E-M-I-C-O-R-P-O-R-E-C-T-O-M-Y. Hemichoroptomy? Bro, I'm just going to stop trying to repronounce these. <laughs> the lower half of the body had been removed by transecting the lumbar spine between the second and third lumbar vertebrae thus severing the intestines at the duodenum duodenum newbars reported noted very little bruising along the incision line suggesting it had been performed after death another gaping laceration measuring four and a quarter inches in length ran longitudinally from the umbiculus i don't know what that is to the surproblic Where are you at? I don't know. Her pubic region, I guess. Not suprabrobiglic. The lacerations on each side of the face, which extended from the corners of her lips, were measured at three inches on the right side of the face and two and a half inches on the left. The skull was not fractured, but there was bruising noted on the front and right side of her scalp with a small amount of bleeding in the subarachnoid space you just had to pick the one with the worst and hardest words huh consistent with blows to the head so she probably got beat before she she probably got hit in the head and then abducted to like passed out she was alive when she started being murdered that'd be horrible sounds awful the cause of death was determined to be hemorrhaging from the lacerations to her face and the shock from the blows to the head and face. Newbar noted that Short's anal canal was dilated at one. She got shotomized from the sounds of it, suggesting that she might have been raped. <laughs> Sorry, I, it's awful. 
Samples were taken from her body testing for the presence of sperm, but the result came back negative. So I wonder if it was something else was inserted into her. That's really disgusting. <laughs> That's really sad. It's awful. That is so awful. I wonder if... This is going to sound horrible, Same. but I wonder if she was actually like... So she got hit in the head and then abducted and they didn't mean to kill her, but then they needed to do something about it. I don't know. Honestly. The examiners and other Hearst new newspapers of the Los Angeles Herald Express later sensationalized the case with one article from the examiner describing the black tailored suit short was last seen wearing as a tight skirt and a sheer blouse. The media nicknamed her as the Black Dahlia and described her as an adventurous who prowled Hollywood Boulevard. Additional newspaper reports, such as one published in the Los Angeles Times on January 17th, deemed the murder a sex fiend slaying. So, I mean, your your uh, earlier uh, rendition of her being a, a loose, round-town woman. <laughs> well, she did... <laughs> too far off. She did, like... She was out there, but... I don't know. The way she died, I... That's horrible. Like, I do not wish that on anybody. Nobody should have to get cut in half. Nobody should. I feel like... I don't know. Like, with these unsolved true, like, crimes and stuff and, like, these murders, I feel like people just give up after a while, even if they already know the suspect. Because bing bong, fuck your life. What do you want to say to Joe Byron? Sorry, I had to say that. That was kind of funny. Okay, the initial investigation, letters and interviews... On January 21st, 1947, a person claiming to be Short's killer placed a phone call to the office of James Richardson, the editor and the examiner, congratulating Richardson on the newspaper's coverage of the case and stated he planned on eventually turning himself in, but not after allowing police to pursue him further. Additionally, the caller told Richardson to expect some souvenirs of Beth Short in the mail. Mmm, like what? Not sure organs no please don't do that on january 24th a suspicious manila envelope was discovered by a u.s postal service worker the envelope had been addressed to los angeles examiner and other los angeles papers with individual words that have been cut and pasted from newspaper clippings additionally a large message of the face of the envelope had read here is dahlia's belongings the letter to follow the envelope contained Short's birth certificate, business cards, photographs, names written on pieces of paper, and an address book with the name Mark Hansen embossed on the cover. Embossed, sorry. The packet of paper had been carefully cleaned with gasoline. I didn't even know you could do that. To get rid of the fingerprints. I guess that is a way to do it. I just figured that you could just wipe it down, but gasoline is also crazy. Similarly, Short's body, which led police to the suspects, or similarly to Short's body, which led police to suspect the packet had been sent directly by the killer. Despite the efforts to clean the packet, several partial fingerprints were lifted from the envelope and sent to the federal borough, the FBI. <laughs> I'm not going to just say the whole thing for testing. However, the prints were uh, compromised in, or com yeah, compromised in transit. So other people that had handled the mail had. Uh, inadvertently messed up the fingerprints, which sucks because that would have been a great lead. Do you like okay? So, remember how I said about that doctor earlier that did the illegal abortions? Mm -hmm. So, why I think is actually him because he actually had a photograph of Elizabeth Short and him. And I guess I don't feel like that's that out of the norm, but though. I guess he was like obsessed with her, though. I mean, a lot of people get very possessive over people, so I would believe that. Like, you're obsessed with that, Isaac. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't have a problem. You do. A handbag and a black suede shoe were, have been reported to be seen atop a garbage can in an alley a short distance from Norton Avenue, two miles. From where Short's body had been discovered, the items were covered by police, but they had also been wiped clean with gasoline, destroying any fingerprints. Man, this person's covering every track. This person's smart. I mean, gasoline part I would never have thought of, so that's pretty interesting. Don't get ideas from this, please. <laughs> Please make good choices. Yeah, don't kill people. That's probably bad. Probably. Unless they're Joe Byron. <laughs> Just kidding. 
<laughs> on March 14th, an apparent suicide note scrawled in pencil on a bit of paper was found tucked in a shoe pile of men's clothing by the ocean's edge at the foot of the Breeze Avenue in Venice. The note read, To whom it may concern, I have waited for the police to capture me for the Black Dahlia killing, but have not. Bless, Bless you. you. I am too much of a coward to, <laughs> to turn myself in, so this is the best way out for me. I couldn't help myself for that or this. Sorry, Mary. Who the fuck's Mary? The pile of clothing was first seen by a beach caretaker who reported discovery to John Dillon, lifeguard captain. Dillon immediately notified Captain Ellie Christensen of the West Los Angeles Police Station. The clothes included a coat, uh, trousers of blue herringbone tweed. I have no idea what that even is. A brown and white Y shirt. Like, is it... Is a Y shirt supposed to be like a V-neck? Sure. <laughs> I don't know what a Y shirt is. <laughs> that, out of everything I've read, that tripped me up the hardest. White jockey shorts, tan socks, and uh, tan moccasins. I love moccasins. Size about eight, so the dude didn't wasn't terribly, terribly big. The clothes gave no clue about the identity of the owner. Try to put your hat on, child. Come here. <laughs> that is your hat adorable police that is a hat where does a hat go perfect police quickly deemed mark hansen the owner of the address book found in the packet a suspect hansen was wealthy local nightclub and theater owner and an acquaintance at whose home short had stayed with friends so he had this this hansen dude had ties to elizabeth short's friends is what it sounds like According to some sources, he also confirmed that the purse and the shoe discovered in the alley was in fact Shorts. And Toth, Shorts' friend and roommate, told investigators that Short had recently rejected sexual advances from Hansen. Oh, here we go. Dun dun dun. Uh, and suggested it is a potential cause for him to kill her. However, he was cleared of suspicion in the case. In addition to Hansen, the Los Angeles Police Department interviewed over 150 men in the ensuing weeks, whom they believed to be potential suspects. <laughs> you look like you wanted to say something, so I stopped. If a girl says no, a girl says no. And that's an answer. There are no brakes on the rape train. I'm just kidding. You're done. <laughs> You're, You're done. done. You've been suspended. <laughs> Manly, who had been one of the last people... <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. You're done. Manly, who had been uh, one of the last people to see Short alive, who also was investigated, but was cleared of suspicion after passing numerous polygraph examinations. But polygraph is not a way to clear or... What do you want to call it? Um, indict people. You can literally just calm yourself down and yeah, then just think just, that if you if you see think that you nervous. didn't do it, you didn't do it. If you if you go in there and you didn't do anything and you're nervous, you'll still fail it. So I don't yeah. I don't think that it's like 100% truth. Yeah, you don't talk to dad like that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Police also interviewed several persons found listed in Hansen's address book including Martin Lewis who had been an acquaintance of Shorts. Lewis was able to provide an alibi at the date of Short's murder, and he was in Portland, Oregon, visiting a father-in-law who was dying of kidney failure. Rest in peace to that man. Sucks. A total of 750 investigators from the LAPD and other departments worked on the case during its initial stages, including 400 sheriffs, deputies, 250 California state police officers. Various locations were searched for potential evidence, including storm drains throughout Los Angeles, abandoned structures, and various sites along the Los Angeles River. But searches yielded no further evidence. There was a $10,000 reward for any um, um, information. And in today's money, that would have been about $100,000 worth. Jesus, kid. That's my baby. That's my... That's me. That's me. Violet, don't grow up to be a murderer, please. That's my baby. Yeah, that's my baby right there. Right there, baby girl. That's my baby. Oh, my God. Is that the only words you know how to say? Oh, okay. Coco Melon. I, lo I love me some good cocoa melon. After the announcement of the reward, Stop. various persons came forward with confessions, most of which police dismay or dismissed as false or sub or bleh, dismissed as false confessors, and they were charged with obstruction of justice. Which, if you're lying for the money in high-profile cases like this or in any type of like investigation, you're scum. 
Do not do that. So many people have done that throughout so many unsolved true crimes because they just want the money but have no idea who the person is. So, Back then, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I believe it, but also, like, if you have evidence and you know it's true, come forward. Don't just hold that against your heart. It would help everybody, the family, everybody involved and all that. So we're just going to skip past the media coverage because all of it is basically the same. Suspects and confessions. The notoriety of Short's murder had spurred a large amount of confessions over the years, many of which have been deemed false during the initial investigation to her murder. Police received about a total of 60 confessions made by men, since over the time 500 people have confessed to the crime, which is ridiculous to me. Why would you confess to a crime that you didn't do? 500 different people. Yeah. But that's it's be, okay. So some of these men I mean, I who the did it, but like damn. But some of the men who did it, uh, they were also servicemen, and then back then, like a lot of servicemen would drink and drink and drink. It so so one guy thought that he did it because he went on a drinking binge and blacked out, blacked out, and then somehow ended up in Europe, and he thought that he did it because he couldn't man. remember he was the last time i remember was i was with Wait, her he, he ended up in europe uh yeah apparently <laughs> i don't know how but how true is this okay she's watching the ghost are you watching the black dahlia's ghost no okay good that'd be scary do you see ghost oh, oh. god <laughs> um sergeant john john p st john that's a crazy name. A detective who worked <laughs> in the case until his retirement stated, it is amazing how many people offer up a relative as the killer. Which, there is validity to this too, because a lot of times, through... What are you looking at? <laughs> you looked at me all crazy, sorry. Um, a lot of people will do that too, because like, through, you know, like, family stories or like, you discover things because you're around those people more often than random people, I guess. Like, you come to know some people more than you think you would. So I could see that. Or just, like, people that are very, very um, paranoid, too. Guy guilty conscience? Yeah, I murdered a 12-year-old back in 1995. Oh, fuck. Weren't you born in 1995? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I couldn't have done it. I have an alibi. Let's see. Yeah, you're in the womb with your twin. Pretty much. So we're going to go ahead and continue on. Theories and potential related crimes. Because some people think that this was also part of the Zodiac Killer's doing. They they did. Mm -hmm. Which uh, Zodiac Killings itself was pretty intense too. Because the Zodiac Killer, he... Killed a lot of people. He did, and he also went off his normal... So... Let's just get into that just a teeny tiny bit. So, like, when you have surter, surter, serial killers and murderers, they usually follow a pattern, and it'll be pattern-related every time they take somebody's life. So, like, it could be sexually motivated, so, like, they always do certain things, like they strangle them or, like, stab them or things like that. But the weird part with the Zodiac killing was one day he'd shoot somebody, the next day he'd stab somebody, the next day he would take them hostage for a while to tie them up like there was no real like then he started to get lazy yeah but the, but the thing was there was no real pattern to it it was the first sporadic serial killings. i like think it's that. because people are starting to catch on and he goes oh no i need to mix up what i need to do but how likely do you think that the zodiac killing was involved in the black dolly murder do you think it really is possible or do you think it's just kind of like they're both very synonymous with true crime i honestly don't know it's very hard to say but we'll, we'll keep going several crime author authors <laughs> as well as cleveland detective peter merlo have suspected a link between short murder and the cleveland torso murders which took place in cleveland ohio which is a very long way away from california but this was uh, between 1934 and 1938 which would leave time for him to move to california and then continue his his reign of terror yeah are you like rolling in all of our paperwork <laughs> yeah. yeah okay cool just do your do your studying too so one day you can take this podcast over she's making snow angels in my papers <laughs> uh as there as part of the investigation into other murders that took 
that took place before and after Short's killing, the original LAPD investigators studied the Torso murders in 1947, but later discovered or discounted any relation between the two cases. What? You want Bluey? Yeah. Bluey's a dog. Watch your cocoa melon. Get get off my papers. <laughs> okay. Let's see. So Toro Jack Anderson Wilson, aka Arnold Smith, was investigated by Detective St. John in relation to Short's murder. He claimed he was close to arresting Wilson for Short's murder, but that Wilson died in a fire on February fourth, nineteen eighty two. What are the odds? I wonder I wanna know if he set the fire, if it was unintentional, or if it was arson. This man is on fire. <laughs> I'm just going to hide my head in shame <laughs> The possible connection between Short's murder and the Torso murders received renewed media attention when it was profiled on the NBC series Unsolved Mysteries. Shout out Unsolved Mysteries. I love that show. I love the podcast. They do a great job. If you ever need something else to listen to other than what goes bump tonight, I'd say, and you like true crime, go listen to some I second that. I listen to them 24-7. Pretty great. In 1992 was when that got that. Uh, Elliot Ness biographer Oscar Fragley suggested Ness knew the identity of the killer responsible for both cases. The February, or yeah, the February 10, 1947 murder of Janae French in Los Angeles was also considered by the media and detectives as possibly being connected to Short's killing. French's body was discovered in West Los Angeles on Grandview Boulevard, nude and badly beaten. Written on her stomach in lipstick was what appeared to say, fuck you, BD. <laughs> and the letters T-E-X below. What is that? What does BD stand for? You know, I... Black Dahlia. Oh. I bet you that's what BD is. And the letters text below. The Herald Express covered this story heavily and drew comparisons to the short murders less than a, my, a month prior, surmising that both... In, or the initials, yeah, BD stand for Black Dahlia. According to the historian John Lewis, however, Scrawling actually read PD, which would make sense too, um, standing for the police department. Crime authors such as Steve Hodel, William Ramusen have suggested links between the short murder and the 1946 murder and dismemberment of six-year-old oh God, Susan Dennigan in Chicago, Illinois. Captain Donahue of the LAPD stated publicly that he believed the Black Dahlia and the Chicago Lipstick Murders were likely connected. That is sad. That a is six year old, so sad. Yeah, some fucking terrible person decides to rot in hell forever and burn in eternity. Because fuck you, man. He believed that the evidence cited is the fact that Short's body was found on Norton Avenue, three blocks west of Dennegan Boulevard. Dennegan was being the last name from the girl from Chicago, which that could also just be a wicked coincidence. There were also striking similarities between the handwriting on Dennegan's ransom note and that of the Black Dahlia Avenger. Both texts use a combination of capitals and small letters. So like the, the SpongeBob writing. But wait, didn't the Zodiac also... He cut out things in newspapers and put them on paper. But didn't he also do citations? Is that... No, not citations. That's where you get... No. Police. No, no, no. <laughs> Are you talking like... Like when you give somebody a, like a summons for court? No, I'm talking about when they had to figure out the thing that he did with all like the weird letters and shapes. That, that's... um. Oh, I'm going to have trouble saying this. But that's, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah, it that, that's a form of, like, you need a cipher to, like... Cipher, not citation. Yeah. Cipher. <laughs> yeah, that's where you need to, like, break a code. Let's see. Um. Uh, let's see. So, a combination of capital and small letters, in part, burn this for her safety, and both sides of the notes contain a similar misshapen letter P and have one word that matches exactly. Convicted serial killer William Herons served life in prison for Dennigan's murder. Which, good for good for the police for capturing that fucking terrible person. Initially arrested at 17 for breaking into a residence close to that of Dennigan. Dignan? I said that wrong this entire time. Degnan? 
Herons claimed that he was tortured by police, forced to confess, and made a scapegoat for the murder, which I don't really know. After being taken from the medical infirmary at Dixon Correctional Center on February 26, 2012, for health problems, Herrings died at the University of Illinois Medical Center on March 5, 2012 at 83. So he lived his full life in prison. Died. Additionally, Steve Hodell has implicated his father, George Hodell, as Short's killer, citing his father's training as a surgeon as circumstantial evidence in 2003 it was revealed in notes from the 1949 grand jury report investigators had wiretapped hodell's name and obtained records or recorded conversation of him with an unidentified visitor saying supposing i did kill the black dahlia they couldn't prove it now they can't talk to my secretary because she's dead that's the man i was trying to think so of hodell's father okay it's george yes. hodell oh I should have fucking picked up on that, too, because I heard that before as well. I just didn't think anything of it. In 1991, Janice Knowlton, a woman who was 10 years old at the time of Short's murder, claimed that she witnessed her father, George Knowlton, beat Short to death with a claw hammer in the detached garage of her family's home in Westminster. She also published a book titled Daddy Was the Black Dahlia Killer in 1995. Yeah, Violet. In which she made additional claims that her father sexually molested her. The book was condemned as trash by Knowlton's stepsister, Jolene Emerson, in the 2004, who stated she believed it, but it wasn't reality. I know because I lived with her father for 16 years. Additionally, Detective St. John told the Times that Knowlton's claims were not consistent with the facts of the case. Interesting. And then it goes on to talk about some more books. Uh, let's see. Rumors and factual disputes. We can cover this a little bit. We're starting to get to the end of it, so... Don't want to draw it out too far, but this is pretty interesting. Numerous details regarding Short's personal life and death have been points of public dispute. The eager involvement of both the public and press in solving her murder have been credited as factors that complicated the investigation significantly. Which I could understand that if the police didn't want people to know certain facts about the case or like how her body was placed or things like that and there was also first on scene where people snapping pictures and putting it in the, the news that would really really make things hard for you especially if people were just going to come forward and be like yeah i did it knowing all the facts that they did already mm-hmm. so that that i can accredit and be like that seems very logical According to the Anne St. Mary Stefano of the Portland Tribune, many unsubstantiated stories have circulated about Shorts over the years. She was a prostitute, she was frigid, she was pregnant, which you said too, which would make sense. Get out of here, child. <laughs> she was a lesbian, and somehow, instead of fading away over time, the legend of Black Dahlia just keeps getting more convoluted. Harnish has refuted several supposed rumors that popular conceptions about Short and her murder had also been disputed. The validity of Gilmore's book served claiming that the book is 25% mistake and 50% fiction. So, a number of people, this is the murder and state of the body, and then I think we can go ahead and wrap it up after this. Yeah? Number of people, none of whom Short contacted police or a new short contacted police newspapers claimed to have been seen her so-called in the missing week between January 9th disappearance and discovery of her body on January 15th. Police and DA investigators ruled out each alleged sighting in some cases. Those interviewed were uh, identifying other women who have mistaken for short. Short's whereabouts, the days leading up to her murder and discovery of her body are unknown. After the discovery of short's body, numerous Los Angeles newspapers printed headlines claiming that she had been tortured leading up to her death the this didn't was denied by law enforcement at the time but allowed the claims to circulate as so to keep short's actual case of death a secret some sources such as oliver cernax or cryax's crime and encyclopedia state that short's body was covered in cigarette burns identified or inflicted on her while she was still alive Though there is no indication of this in her official autopsy. 
So it just basically goes into things about her allegedly being a prostitute. Whoops, I smacked the mic. And then other short things. Yeah. So let's just let's be done with the whole like dump of information and just talk about it for a second. This is all very interesting. Mm-hmm. The George um, Hodel. Hodel, yeah, that that is very promising to me. Like that one has a lot of weight. He's the one that did the illegal abortions on girls, and like his wife knew everything about it. And then one day, his son, who's older, after his dad, supposing pet- I did kill the black Dahlia. <laughs> Why would you right. even say that? Right. I mean, I get that people were like coming forward and saying that they did it, but. I still just don't see the the point this far down the line in like 2012, I think is what they said or something like that. That's what I was talking about with the photo book. George's son found it and George's son also believed that he was also the Zodiac killer. That's interesting. I kind of want to look into George Hodel a little bit deeper now and see what's all there. And we should cover the Zodiac killer one of these times because that is also a very, very interesting case. We're still in the middle of the movie, so do not spoil it for us. The one with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. Yeah, It's a very good movie. (laughs) If you've never seen it, go watch Zodiac killer. But so I guess like to wrap this up, do you think that we know who the serial or not the the killer of the Black Dahlia was and it's just... There's not enough. I think they evidence. overlooked him. You think so? I think it was George Hordell. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he has medical knowledge that would the fact that he knows how to cut up bodies, like like blood wise, body wise, anatomy wise, anatomy, 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 anatomy. Hey, don't worry, I've done it all day. <laughs> but it would make a lot of sense. So yeah, I I'm kind of on that boat too, where I think it could be. Mr. Hodel. Yeah, my theory is that with the whole photo book and the picture of them, that Beth Short must have denied some favors from him also, and he did not take that too kindly. I mean, would you? (laughs) Apparently, she got bit on the uh, ankle. But please, please, please. Don't kill people. Don't kill people. Also, with all these unsolved true crime cases if we do more please think of the people and everyone who had to deal as light as we make these like uh, me yeah and Jen and everybody that does these with us like it is a very serious topic and we don't want to like benign the people that have lost no. their lives like we have utmost respect for them but we like to try to keep it on the lighter side of things so we don't get too depressed death isn't a very fun topic to talk about but Remember true crime times. is pretty interesting, especially, I don't know, I just feel like police officers, even nowadays with unsolved cases. There's a lot of Muskegon. And there's a lot of Muskegon, and I just think that cops just overlook the suspects and ride them off. Think about how hard their job is, man. I know. There's a lot of different people that live in this world, and there's a lot of different kinds of people, and it's very hard to just narrow it down to one person when there's 50 billion people living in this world. I also respect the cops that still work on unsolved cases forever and then finally catch the killer. There is a lot of uh, talk of, like, shit cops that don't do their job, which there has been quite a few, like, stories that, you know, like, will come out and be like, these cops just didn't do enough. But then there are... So true, like true superheroes that really go above and beyond for these people and the families. So, but there's also some cases if there's no evidence, there's nothing you can do. A cold case is a cold case a for cold a reason. A cold case is a cold case. But with all the new technology and DNA evidence that you can use today, I believe that one day, hopefully soon, we can do away with gun violence because people are going to immediately get traced back to that bullshit and. Any type of murder or something like is going to get caught on CCTV because cameras are only getting better and whatnot. Because senseless killing is the worst thing you could possibly do. Ending somebody's life over a squabble or just because you feel like it is wrong. Like you are, you are messed up in the head, and I, I don't, I'm not afraid to say that. Let's just give a moment of silence for Elizabeth's life. Pour one for the homies. Pour one out for the homies. Okay, so on that note, <laughs> you can we're going us, to a hockey game. <laughs> yeah, well, you can find us at Apple Podcasts, uh, 
Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora. You can go to the Facebook page, What Goes Bump in the Night. Uh, we have links to pretty much everything, like our merchandise store. Oh, let's see. Check out the reaction videos on YouTube. Yeah, They're we hilarious. Just, we just started <laughs> doing new videos where we record mine and Riley's and Jenna's and whoever else wants to join us on those about watching the creepy videos we can find on YouTube. Which, speaking of YouTube, What Goes Bump the Night podcast on YouTube needs a lot of love. Go like that stuff, please. And their and merch. You. Get their merch. Hey, it's holiday season. If you want to get a hat, a stuffy, a get dog my collar. picture with a shirt on it. I mean, get my shirt with a picture on it. Yeah. I have no idea what you just tried to say. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sweatshirts, you know, hats, anything you want, you can get the merch store. Um, yeah, I, this has been pretty interesting. I really enjoy doing true crime on top of all the paranormal and extraterrestrial things we talk about in cryptids. So hopefully this is something that we can throw in every now and again and continue to have other guests because i know me and riley are trying to do some stuff on each other like because he's he's gone this weekend going to see a concert and i was like well i'm gonna hop on the mic then and then figure something out for us and he did the other day with the area 51 which you should check out too if you haven't heard that because that one was really good and uh yeah this has been great thank you guys very much and uh remember to keep your ears and eyes open for what really goes bump in the night bye guys see ya